Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. If you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. As we launch into yet another week of fun and excitement here, it is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Calm. As we start things out by going right to your phone calls, that is the point of the show. We go to Will Buchanan calling from somewhere on the Walk for Liberty on the amp line. Hello, Will. Hey, how's it going? Hey, hey. what's on your mind tonight, Will? Um, I wanted to uh, share with you an encounter that I had with the police in Whiting, Indiana a few days ago. All right. Well, I must disclose that I'm already aware of this encounter because I am uh, addicted to the Walk for Liberty videos. Before you do that, why don't you uh, explain briefly for those of our brand new listeners tonight what the Walk for Liberty is, who you are, why you're doing it, etc. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm walking all the way across the country. I started out in Cannon Beach, Oregon on April 14th, and I'm walking to New Hampshire as um, it's actually my move as part of the Free State Project. Um, and one of the, the big reasons why I'm moving and, or walking, in addition to uh, the move, is to promote uh, the Free State Project, um, you know, the idea of liberty lovers all moving to the state of New Hampshire, um, as well as to uh, promote um, and support Ron Paul and his campaign for liberty. Well, cool. Excellent. And is it, uh, are, you, are you getting some media coverage out there? Um, yeah, yeah, we are. In fact, I was just uh, interviewed today for uh, ABC News, um, which will be on this evening here. Wait, wait, wait. wait. AB, local no. ABC or like the real national no, ABC? No, lo- local, a local ABC News. <laughs> well, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, B- Will, you have, I would say, in the six months that you've been doing the Walk for Liberty, you've probably received more press coverage than the Free State Project has received cumulatively in its entire lifespan. I've, I mean, it's just so? been, I don't know, man. It's Getting been there. article after article after article after TV uh, appearance after TV appearance. I mean, I know that the Free State Project has received a number of written articles as far as online and that sort of thing, but I don't think that they could ever say they've had that many TV stories uh, done about them. Uh, you've gotten some amazing coverage, and I think you should. I, I think the Free State Project owes you a debt of gratitude. I don't know if you know they'll do anything for you. But I guess they are doing a little something. They're they're giving you uh, your own session at the upcoming New Hampshire Liberty Forum, which I think is going to be pretty cool. So that's true. So way to go! You deserve some sort of a golden porcupine or something like that for doing <laughs> what you've done because it's been fantastic in getting the idea of the Free State Project out there, and of course that is to move as many uh, liberty-loving individuals as possible up here to New Hampshire, which is your destination. And you've been put up, sort of cataloging your uh, your entire walk from day one, basically on your video camera and posting those uh, your your thoughts, your reflections, your insights, posting them to your YouTube channel. And if people go to walkforliberty.com, they can they can link to that and they can see all your videos from there, right? Right. Yep. So, in your most recent video, was it day one sixty three? Am I remembering correctly? Uh, yes, I believe it was 163. Your most recent video, you go through the details of what happened to you with the police. And I have to say, I was surprised. 
I was predicting that it was going to be Illinois uh, where you ran into your trouble because all we ever hear about Illinois is just awful police state kind of news. And no, you ended up getting through Chicago and walking through the entirety of, uh, of Illinois. And the trouble actually ended up being in Indiana, which is, ironically enough, your home state. Yeah. So, what and, a know, welcome home say, message, um, huh? Oh, uh, I just I got to say that um, of all the, I, I think I've had five um, different encounters with the police of varying magnitudes. Uh huh. And um, of those, three have been in Indiana in the short time I've been walking through it. Wow. Well, what do they want? Um. Well, let's see. One time it was uh, just oh, I was being uh, photographed for a, a newspaper. And we were kind of standing in the middle of, it was more like a driveway. It wasn't even really a real road. And the cops, some kind of transit police pulled up, um, you know, just asking what we were doing, essentially. Um, that was pretty minor. Um, the other night we were parked in what we thought was just kind of like on the side of a road, sort of in a residential area, although it turned out to be a, a national park. And um, apparently somebody snitched on us. Um, wow. Like, I don't know, they were upset at us being there or something so the a cop came by knocked on the rv door and fortunately she let us stay there um wow but you know that was another one and then of course this uh encounter that i'm going to describe tonight all right so go ahead that's uh, i guess that's enough preface go ahead with the uh the story because it's pretty it's pretty outrageous what happened to you okay um well so this took place in whiting indiana which is um i guess not not too far from gary um, I was walking down um, a public sidewalk uh, on the other side of a street from this gigantic BP oil refinery. And, you know, as, as I often do, I, um, if I see something that's, you know, kind of funny or interesting, then I, you know, shoot a clip of it and maybe make a comment to put in my video. And uh, uh, behind the wall on the left-hand side of the street, um, behind the wall of the refinery, there was a row of train cars. And on one of them, it said um, hot molten sulfur, which I thought was just sounded kind of funny. So I just shot a little clip of that and um, just kept walking on. And I swear, not less than three minutes later, uh, or not more than three minutes later, two cop cars pulled up kind of behind me. And at first, I, I thought, uh, I kind of was thinking that maybe it was for me, but now I was thinking, well, I mean, I wasn't really doing anything, but... Um, just in case, I tried to uh, start my camera so that, you know, if they did come up to me, I could maybe audio record the situation. Um, although, as I discovered later, I, I didn't get my camera started. Oh. Um, I guess in the heat of the moment. That's How frustrating. Really my, yeah, that was really my biggest regret of the whole situation because it would have been incredible to have had that all on uh, on tape well it's not the first it's it's not the first time something like that has happened and i'm sure it won't be the last i know that when the adrenaline starts rushing you want to do you want to accomplish what you you set out to do and that is hit the big red button but for whatever reason it gets more complicated uh in that particular (laughs) instance i know i've been in a similar situation and you actually commented on how dave ridley from ridleyreport.com uh was also in a similar situation where the heat was on the cops were coming and and he just you know he flubbed it up and, and didn't hit the record button correctly for whatever reason and that's basically what happened here yep, yep. but practice makes um, perfect so what happened what was the uh, the interplay between you and these cops what was their problem well so first they uh kind of called out from behind me i guess as they were walking up to me uh, hey did you take pictures of the refinery 
you know, you're not allowed to because of the terrorist threat or something like that. Mm. And uh, <laughs> I don't remember exactly where I responded. So I'm like, oh, man, that's ridiculous. I'm just walking yeah. across the country and shooting video as I'm going along. It, it absolutely is and, ridiculous. I'd like to point out uh, one of your commenters on the Walk for Liberty video that you put up on YouTube pointed out that if you'd wanted to get the layout of the refinery, you'd have done better on Google uh, Google Maps with the satellite option uh, than, yeah, you would, the truth. I mean, than you would taking a picture from the side of the road. Right. It's stupid. And the, the, if a terrorist wants to get the layout um, for themselves, you know, they can just go there and look. <laughs> Get a job. And what if I had been in a car with darkened windows shooting video? There would have been no way they would have known that I was doing that. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely absurd. Oh, yeah. And I think didn't somebody else comment? I don't know if you read all the comments on your YouTube videos, uh, but I think somebody else commented. It was very funny. And they pointed out that the way you're dressed, you're quite obviously a terrorist dressed in your neon uh, reflective gear. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the idea that some terrorist would, terrorist would just walk up to the um, the installation wearing what you're wearing every single day would be pretty absurd. Yeah, being so blatant. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Then they said that you know I'd have to erase everything I took of the refinery. Um, although they didn't make me do it at that moment. Um, first, they asked to see my ID, and I said I wasn't carrying any on me. And uh, I think there were two cops and maybe a couple security guys from BP. I wasn't really exactly hmm. sure who the other two guys were, but the cop that did most of the talking said. What? You're not carrying on any ID? You know, you're walking across the country? What if you get hit by a bus or something? <laughs> oh, yeah. And, like uh, your ID would help you there. Hang on, dude. We're going to bring you back. I know there's more to the story. Will Buchanan is with us. He is the man walking across the country. For, IDs block buses. For more liberty. <laughs> 800-259-9231. Maybe you've got a question for Will while we've got him here. You're welcome to do that. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free, so enjoy those, including the bulletin board system. We've got over 400,000 posts. That's a lot of stuff to read. So head over to bbs.freetalklive.com. Get interactive with a couple thousand of our listeners there. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Did you know that one... Excuse me, that uh, 35% of IT admins, admins admit to snooping through their boss's email. Shouldn't your business email be secure? PrivacyHarbor.com is an email alternative that's private and confidential, guaranteed. PrivacyHarbor.com, because normal email is not secure, and they have a free version that you can check out, and it stays free. So on this program, we talk a lot about how it is that uh, we live in a police state here in the so-called United States of America, and there's just evidence after evidence to support it. Of course, the people in the respectable classes uh, won't necessarily see it because, well, they're not having the roadblocks set up in their neighborhoods, and honestly, they're just not being targeted like people that are uh, living in poorer places, uh, lower middle class to poor people are. Uh, it's been going on for a while. It keeps getting worse. And as we continue to hear uh, just increasingly bad stories, we continue to bring them to you in hopes to, uh, if you're new to this program, to shake you out of your complacency and bring you to the understanding that 
this is a police state. And if you don't believe that it's a police state, you need to ask yourself, what are your criteria? What is it that must happen in order for you to be able to come to the conclusion that this is a police state? So you might want to ask yourself that. You're welcome to call in and tell us if you've got your criteria, whether or not it's been met or met yet. 800-259-9231. In the meantime, we continue a uh, discussion here with Will Buchanan, the man who is doing the Walk for Liberty. He started in Oregon. He'll be finishing in New Hampshire, our beautiful state of New Hampshire. He's a Free State Project member. This is his move to New Hampshire. So when he gets here, he'll be staying and actually, you, you used to live in Hawaii, Will, and of course you can't walk from Hawaii, so you flew to Oregon, and for the past six months or so of your life, you've been walking about, uh, recently it's averaged about 20 miles a day, uh, on your way to New Hampshire, and it's yeah. been an amazing trip so far, and uh, for for about 2,000 miles, uh, you were relatively unmolested by the so-called authorities, but all of a sudden, a few days back, after you got out of Chicago and crossed into Indiana, the trouble began, and the cops... Uh, began harassing you because you were taking some pictures, or rather shooting some video, of the BP refinery up in the, uh, what, what was the area in Indiana again? Uh, the town was Whiting, Indiana. Whiting, Indiana. Apparently somebody called the cops because the cops showed up as well as what appeared to be, as you described, um, perhaps some uh, BP security guards or something like that. But the cops were who you were dealing with, and they demanded that you, number one, erase the pictures or erase the video on your camera, and then began demanding – well, actually, you didn't comply with that at that point because they immediately began demanding identification from you, and that's where you left your story off. So go ahead. Right. So um, I told him that I wasn't carrying ID, and he was absolutely dumbfounded that I was walking across the country and not carrying ID on me. And uh, Well, he probably doesn't you know, come across said, well, Americans too often that don't have their government ID, like good little citizens. So it's a little yeah, unusual. probably not. So, uh, you know, he said, what if you get hit by a bus? And I said, um, well, my wife is around, and, you know, she'd find out soon enough if that happened to me. And he's like, where? Where is she? And, uh, you know, kind of turning his head back and forth. And uh, I said, well, you know, she's up ahead in our RV. And then at that point, he uh, asked what my name was, um, including my middle initial, and had <laughs> me spell my name. And I, I said, my name is Will. And he said, William? And I said, well, yeah. And uh, and one thing I, I didn't actually, um, I'd forgotten about at the time when I, uh, I shot, you know, the video describing it, um, was... Every, Every time after that, he would, you know, pretty much preface everything with William. Hmm. Um, I don't know if that's a tactic cops use or, or what, but it's, it's a like tactic William salesman use. <laughs> What's that? It's a tactic salesman use. You know, they, you know, the, the idea is to be able to imprint the name in your mind, and uh, you know, know the person's name. But it, you wouldn't pick a name that they didn't particularly give you. You know, you wouldn't go. Um, so your name, they wouldn't tell you Will, and you'd tell them William. I mean, yeah. that doesn't make any sense, but right. So. <clears throat> So then at that point, um, he asked what my address was, and I told him that I didn't have one. And he said, what, you're homeless? And I said, <laughs> no, I'm just walking across the country. <laughs> and uh, he said, well, where do you sleep at night? And I said, I sleep in an RV. Um, do you want the last address of where I lived uh, when, when we uh, were in Hawaii? And he said, what, you walked from Hawaii? And... And I said, no, I uh, actually started the, the walk from the West Coast. 
I think at that uh, point you probably would have been justified in turning around and walking away. I mean, if (laughs) if a police officer asks you an incredibly stupid, demeaning question like that, I think you can just leave. Well, I'd like to point (laughs) out that, and I realize that obviously you were not necessarily ready to take this position with these cops being all alone. Right, out out there in the middle of nowhere. God knows what they do. Uh, But you are correct, Mark. Whenever the police approach you... You absolutely have the right to continue walking. Uh, you can ask a question like, am I being detained? Am I free to go? You don't even have to ask those questions. You can just keep – you can ignore them as you would any other person on the street uh, because that's – as I understand it, and if a, a law enforcement officer is listening and wants to call and, and correct me here, you're welcome to do so. But it's my understanding that that is considered a contact in the, uh, the, the police terminology. They aren't pulling you over because you're not in a car. You're just on the street. And if they want to ask you questions, they can, just like anybody on the street could come up to you and ask you questions. And as you would with anybody else, you would be able to decide whether or not to uh, to heed their questions or to answer them. So it, you are completely uh, voluntarily choosing to answer the cops simply because you know they've got guns on their hips and they might throw you in a cage if you didn't, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they uh, are very intimidating and scary. Sure. So go ahead and continue this. So, Okay, yeah, so at um at that point he I think I think he said, um, Are you sure you don't have any ID? And he kinda of started terry patting me around my pockets. Um I was uh wearing sort of a, a rainproof jacket, um and had a lot of stuff in my pockets. Mm-hmm. And uh when he was doing that I said, Hey, I didn't give you permission to do that and he said, Well, you're in Indiana now and I told him, <laughs> Actually I'm, I grew up in Indiana he said, "Wow, that's that's great. Good for you." Um, yeah, welcome home. Now bend over. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so then he uh, felt my left pocket and said, "Hey, isn't that your wallet in there? You probably has your ID in it." And I said, "No, it's uh, it's probably my pocket PC in there." He said, mm, "No, it's too soft for that. Why don't you take it out?" So I, I kind of reached in there and. Uh, I didn't want to just grab out the entire contents of my pocket, um, so to kind of stall, I, uh, I uh, pulled out my my street directions for that day. Um, and when I pulled that out, um, he said, "No, it's it's bigger than that. You don't want, you don't want us to arrest you, do you? I'll drag you down to the station right now, and then your whole walk across the country will be over." How many times Which, in this entire listen to this? I mean, how many people in the history of man have had a walk across the United States threatened? I mean, this is crazy. They're going to ruin it all over you. What? <laughs> well, I don't know if it would have ruined anything. Hang on, Will. We're going to continue with it. you got you got time, right? Yeah. All right, yeah. great. More with Will Buchanan. He is the man walking across the country for more liberty from Oregon to New Hampshire. He's in Indiana as we speak to him tonight. Uh, and he has been harassed and threatened by the Indiana cops. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies. 
have sent us their validated photo to prove that they listen to the show. Just head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see our newest Shriner, Annie, just added her today. And if you're on the updates list, you would have known that first. Uh, so, again, that's shrine.freetalklive.com. Plus, Annie's an artist. Yes, she is, and a dedicated Free Talk Live listener. You need to know about SACL CAI, by the way. Our friend Jason Osborne and family and friends over there, great folks, and they do a great job in the area of collections. Not only uh, do they do collections, but they also do early outbilling, and they purchase uh, charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner right there at the top of our website at freetalklive.com. That, again, SACL C-A-I as we go back to Will Buchanan. He's the man walking for liberty across the country from Oregon to our lovely home state of New Hampshire. As part of the Free State Project, you're making your move, and you're more than halfway done at this point. You're in the, the downhill uh, way. You're, you're, you're coming to the close here, Will. This, is, this has got to be exciting for you. I mean, you're getting closer and closer yeah. every single day. Actually, as of this morning, I had about 900 miles left to go until the New Hampshire coast. Wow, very cool. That's uh, so. Have you decided whether or not you're going to cut up into New Hampshire uh, on the west side of the state, or are you going to delay your gratification all the way to the coastline? No, I, I am going to. Uh, yeah, the, the unfortunately, the, the map that's on my website is not um, completely current, um, so I am going to be uh, cutting. Uh, I, I am going to be crossing basically through the western part of New Hampshire and. All the way across the state. Oh boy, that's exciting! Oh, I hope you get a chance to come through Keene. Maybe we'll bring some people out to see you when you do that. I, I will do that. All right. So back to the story. You're in Indiana. You just crossed into Indiana. You were uh, videotaping some of the. You happened to be walking by a BP processing oil uh, processing facility of some sort, and you were video uh, videoing one of the signs on the fence or something like that. And apparently, the cops around there didn't like that too much. They came and they began harassing you over it. They demanded to see identification, which you were reluctant to show them. Uh, you were re- relatively reluctant in your cooperation with the police. You basically waited for them to threaten you before you actually ended up doing what it was that they were demanding that you do. But since you weren't interested in a trip to jail that particular night, and I don't blame you for that. You had a nice warm RV uh, with your wife waiting for you, so don't blame me one uh, one bit there. Uh, even though, interestingly enough, apparently your wife suggested that you should have gone to jail. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Continue your story. You can talk about that in a moment if you want, but uh, let's let's wrap the story up. Uh, they were demanding ID, and go ahead. Okay, so, um, yeah, so he, I, he had asked me to take out the contents of my pocket, and I kind of delayed at first by uh, just pulling out my directions when, uh, you know, he, he threatened. I guess he thought I was just messing with him or something. <laughs> so, you know, he, he threatened to take me down to the station and uh, throw me in jail if I uh, – I don't think he actually said if I didn't pull him out, but basically, you know, if I didn't cooperate. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I just grabbed the contents of my pocket and, and pulled them out, um, which mostly consisted of my uh, Walk for Liberty business cards. And I think the other cop at that point said, hey, aren't those business cards, uh, don't those have your name on them? I said, yeah, they do, but they're not government ID. Did these guys go to the Dr. Watson School of Observation or what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just the most... Uh, yeah, ridiculous observations. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they're seven-year-olds or something. <laughs> um, Mentally, perhaps. Go so ahead. Then, so then at that point, he asked me uh, what my date of birth was, the uh, the original, the older cop that was doing most of the talking. And I asked him, well, do I have to give that? And he, he said, 
no, William, you don't. And then he started to put away his pad. And at that point, his partner chimed in um, saying, if you don't give us your date of birth, we're going to arrest you. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> yeah, and so I said, let me get this straight. You're going to arrest me if I don't give you my date of birth? Mm-hmm. And and then the uh, original cop at that point said, yep, that's what we're going to do. So then I said, all right, fine, I'll give it to you. And then the uh, um, the older cop said, if I'm gonna have to, if I have to pull out this pad one more time, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna arrest you. Oh, man, you down to the station. how many threats did you receive from these cops? And what was this? I mean, how long did this entire encounter last? Probably ten minutes, maybe. I don't know. Man, just and, threat and, after and probably, threat. Yeah, three or four threats of arrest. I wow. would guess. All right. So, so at that point, I gave him my date of birth, and he wrote it down on his little pad of paper, and handed it to the other cop to go run my name or whatever on their database or whatever they do. And uh, then the older cop asked me, you know, why are you trying to be so uncooperative with us? <laughs> and I said, well, I'm not really trying to be uncooperative. I'm just, you know, trying to mind my own business walking across the country. Yeah. Everything um, was fine until you showed up. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he said, well, you know, you weren't minding your own business. You were filming the oil refinery. <laughs> <laughs> the foreign or at oil refinery, I might add, it's British Petroleum. British petroleum. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> exactly. you're from Indiana. There's a foreign oil oil refinery sitting there, and you're the one who's causing trouble. Yeah, and, and somehow the state is the uh, the lackeys for the the oil refinery. They can't do their own security or whatever. Right, and you didn't or see build a wall high enough so I can't see in. That's what I was going to say. Why not build a concrete wall instead of a chain link fence? And if you're really that concerned, I mean, if you're concerned about people doing these things, shouldn't there be some sort of notice around? Warning: You're subject to arrest if you're seen filming the premises. But you didn't see anything like that, and you were walking along the fence for quite a while, I would presume, right? Yeah, it was a huge refinery. It probably took me uh, 15 minutes, even after I uh, left from the cops, to get by it completely. Yeah, but apparently you should have known, Will. You should have known that. Yeah. You're always supposed to know. <laughs> so then what? Okay, so anyway, then uh, so, so then anyway, at, at that point he said, well, yeah, speaking of uh, the refinery, you're going to have to erase all your video of that or we're going to confiscate your camera. And, you know, I, I didn't really want to lose my camera because, yeah. uh, unfortunately, I hadn't uh, – I still had a two or three days of video on it that I hadn't offloaded yet. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely didn't want to lose that. So I said, all right, fine, I'll, I'll erase it. And he actually specifically told me that all I had to erase were the clips of the refinery. He didn't say I had to re- erase anything. And um, so I, I went about erasing it. And that was the point at which I noticed that um, I hadn't – successfully started the camera recording earlier um oh. but i did start recording it then so i at least got the, the, the last little part part of the encounter um one thing I, I found was interesting when i told him that i had you know finished erasing it he he wasn't actually looking at me erasing it he wasn't standing over my shoulder watching <laughs> me the whole time that he i just, think is probably know, the, one of the most absurd parts of the story right they didn't even bother to check and see if it was it, it was properly erased right. they just wanted to hassle the crap out yep. of somebody that's and that was their original premise for stopping you was the video yeah it, it's just the whole thing's ludicrous yep. i mean absolutely gosh so um so and, and another kind of weird thing was after i told him that I had erased it, his attitude completely changed. It was like 180 degrees. <laughs> he was really, you know, sort of buddy-buddy after that. Yeah. Like, 
oh, so you're, uh, you know, you're walking across the country? Oh, that, that's cool, you know. Yeah. Do you have anybody sponsoring you? No? You're, you're just kind of doing it on your sure. own? Oh, that, that's cool. It sounds like, that sounds interesting. You know, it's, like I, I think that cops, me up. I think cops have this ability. I don't know whether it's trained in or whether they, uh, you know, they're, they're some other species. I'm not sure exactly, but they have this ability to, you know, just suddenly change the whole attitude and demeanor. If I don't like you, I don't like you, and I'm not going to treat you like I like you, and suddenly be your friend. But man, I've seen Weird. a lot of them do it. Well, he gotten what he wanted from you, I guess, or in in his mind, he you had complied to, I guess, the extent that he was desiring, and so he changed his uh, changed his outlook, I suppose. So they let you go shortly thereafter. Anything else notable to uh, to relay? Um, no, not really. Yeah, the the, uh, the check my name cleared. Apparently, okay. Right after that, and he said, "Okay, you're free to go. You know, have a nice day." That's, that was uh, pretty much it, and I. Uh, Walking on. So I want to bring I you back, if you don't mind, Will, just for a few more thoughts and reflections here. And if you've got a question for Will Buchanan from the Walk for Liberty, he is on the line with us. Great opportunity to connect with him uh, rather than just sending him an email or something like that. Uh, give him uh, share with your uh, with him your thoughts. 800-259-9231. I want to know what his wife had to say about this whole situation, because apparently she suggested that he should have gotten uh, arrested. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us if you like the show. And you want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com, get signed up for as little as three bucks a month, as we've had a number of people do over the past few weeks. In fact, enough, uh, including Adam from New York, who might be calling in with some reflections on his offer to essentially double the amount of money that came into AMP over a one-week one period of time. Uh, his, uh, his AMP did come through, so he made good on his offer today, as well as the gentleman in Canada. He also made good on his offer. And as a result of that AMP, AMP has now cleared the $4,000 mark, which is pretty big news. Pretty impressive. Yeah, very cool. Uh, that also, by the way, means that uh, pre-talk live amplifiers will see an increase in the AMP archive quality. That's one of the perks that amplifiers get. I don't know. I guess we don't mention it very often, but amplifiers do get a, a, a more higher quality and a fewer commercial version podcast. They, they still have to hear us talk during the show, but they don't hear any pre-recorded commercials during their version of the podcast. So that'll sound a little bit nicer starting uh, later on tonight with tonight's podcast. So congratulations to uh, and thank you to everybody that is amping the program. And uh, one of those amplifiers, I believe, is uh, Will Buchanan, because he is on the amp line. And he's talking to us about his walk for liberty and his encounter with the police, where they uh, they harassed him and threatened him several times whilst he was on the side of the road, a public road, mind you, in a public place. He happened to be videotaping uh, one of the signs on the, uh, the I guess, a, a facility of the British Petroleum Company. And apparently the cops didn't like that very much. They harassed you. They threatened you with arrest several times. And then they ended up going away after you finally uh, bowed down, erased the video footage, and showed them identification. But it was interesting because on your video that you posted over at walkforliberty.com, you actually said that... Uh, well, you didn't want to get arrested simply because I'm, I'm sure there were a number of reasons. Obviously, your wife was waiting for you in the RV. You're not in New Hampshire, so you don't have this great activist network to back you up. And it, and it was probably, I'm guessing, this was your first time really interacting with the police in such a way. Would that be accurate? 
Oh, yeah, nothing even close to this before. <laughs> um, yeah, and this is certainly the first time that the cops have threatened to arrest me. So this is your first real uh, real taste of uh, the police state of America. I mean, do you have any reflections? Um, it was really, um, I mean, I just felt harassed and threatened, and uh, it was really disturbing that, you know, this group of individuals claimed to have this power over you, this authority over you, when really they're just, you know, guys with, you know, hats and a badge, and... You know, why Why should they have power over me? I'm just, you know, I'm a sovereign individual, like you said, walking along a public sidewalk. Right, and it's not like I you were breaking anything it, wrong. It's not like you were breaking any laws, and right. what they really wanted your name for is so that they could run some kind of, uh, you know, warrant check to see if yep. you were wanted. Well, don't they have just as much right to w- run a warrant check on any damn buddy they see? Apparently. They don't. I mean, they've got guns. They've got all the rights they need, right? Silly. Might make sure. Right. Uh, hey, uh, what would you have done differently? I mean, upon reflection, it's always easy to look back on these things and say, oh, darn it, I messed that up. I messed that up. And we know that obviously hitting the record button uh, would be good <laughs> next time. But aside from that, your tactics as far as how you dealt with the police, the questions you elected to answer, uh, your, your approach in general, if you had to do it all over again, what would you change, if anything? I don't know. That's a good question. I because mean, I really didn't want to get arrested. Like you said, I'm not in New Hampshire yet, and mm-hmm. don't have this, you know, the great activist network to back me up. I, you know, if, if I wasn't New Hampshire, or if I were New Hampshire already, I'd probably, um, you know, in the f- future handle it completely differently. But um, maybe, you know, an- asking some questions, maybe pushing them a little more, but yet still not, you know. I probably still would have done what they asked me to because I didn't want to get arrested, but maybe mm-hmm. I would have, you know, asked questions like, well, aren't I on a public sidewalk and, you know, things like that. Yeah, I think that asking questions is certainly very helpful. And, of course, you were good in that you did have recording equipment on you. Uh, that's also a good thing to, to have happen. In fact, I posted some uh, sort of my a compendium of all the things that I have learned over the years about interacting with police recently on freekeen.com. And I think there's some pretty good suggestions there. And, of course, the more you have interactions like this with the police, the better off you'll become at doing the things that you intended to do because it can you can get flustered. It's easy to get uh, caught up in Pumping. Your, yeah, your adrenaline's pumping. Uh, you, 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 it's easy to get caught up and, and forget to do the things that you'd always planned that you would do if that situation uh, were to come up. So you should be commended for ending up, uh, for not ending up in handcuffs, if indeed that was your goal. You were successful at that. And uh, in standing your ground, to some extent, you didn't completely bend over for those guys. You, uh, you, know, you were not jumping to your feet to obey them, and I'm sure, that was, uh, the, I'm sure that was a little different for them, because normally it's probably they're dealing with two types of people. They're probably either dealing with like the violent criminal types that aren't going to do a darn thing that the cops uh, demand of them and are willing to fight about it uh, versus the obedient citizen who will do virtually anything. So you were somewhere, you know, somewhere else, and it must have been a very confusing, uh, a confusing encounter for those cops. Yeah, yeah, it, it, I'm sure it probably was. And, you know, I, I, if, you know, like you said, Monday morning quarterbacking, I might have asked certain things differently, but I, I uh, other than, you know, not hitting the record button, I, I'd say, you know, I, I did about as well as I could be expected, considering that was my first time to really deal with a cop like that. And awesome. I'm glad you called in tonight about it. I think we've actually got a call on the line for you, I believe. Let's talk to Mark in okay. Ohio. Mark, you're on with Will Buchanan. He's walking across the country for more liberty. Yes, thank you. Uh, one of the things you could have done would be maybe next time you can do this is wait a half hour 
and then go back around the area that you wanted to take the picture in or to get a picture and get in the motor home and just stop long enough to uh, take picture out, out of the window and then go down the road and get out and start walking again. Uh, that would be one way to get what you really wanted, and then they wouldn't know what you're doing. Yeah, it's certainly that, possible. You, you could have gotten further down the road at that point, and the cops probably never would have caught up to you. Uh, but I don't know if it was that important of a shot. It was just that you happened to be there, right, yeah. Will, and it was kind of interesting, but not worth going back well, for. Yeah, it certainly wasn't really worth it for that one shot I was getting. I mean, it was just a throwaway shot, essentially. But, um, but yeah, if well, it was a shot it I really wanted, then, then, yeah, that would have been a good strategy. It, it would have been saying, like, nah, 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 I got it anyway. <laughs> Very good. But Thanks, anyway, Mark, for the call. Yeah. Appreciate hearing from you. And, Will, uh, I want to remind our listeners that they can actually meet you in person. I mean, obviously, if they move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, they're probably going to run into you eventually. But if they want to make a specific uh, appointment to come and meet you, they can come to your presentation at the upcoming New Hampshire Liberty Forum. And you're going to, uh, you're definitely going to be here in New Hampshire by that time. In fact, what would you say at this point that your estimated uh, time of arrival is going to be around about? Um, my goal is still the end of November, and oh, wow. it's that's certainly doable. Um, I think if I average, um, I think we calculated this morning 21.4 miles a day, um, then I can get there by then. Cool. So you'll definitely be in state and moved into New Hampshire by the time the Liberty Forum comes around in early March. And our listeners can go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to learn more about the other great liberty-oriented speakers that are going to be there. Uh, there's a whole bunch of them. I don't know if you've heard word about who's uh, who your competition in speaking is going to be, Will, or potentially. Uh, but there's some really good ones out there. However, I must say I'm uh, looking forward to your presentation. And uh, people can go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to get signed up. The early bird price of $199. They really need to take advantage of that as soon as possible and take advantage of the 10% discount code, which is 2009FTL. That's 2009FTL. A bunch of great liberty speakers, hundreds of people who believe in freedom, who, like you, like the idea of liberty in our lifetime, and they're willing to do something about it. A number of them have already moved to New Hampshire. Many are going to be attending uh, for the first time just to kind of check the state out, to, to see what the people are like, and, and they are great. I mean, Will, you were at the Liberty Forum last year, and I believe the year before that. Um, any any yeah. fond memories, anything that you wanted to share as far as what you really liked about the last Liberty Forums? Uh last Liberty Forum, what I really liked was just connecting with everybody then there. I, I thought... I thought the last one was so much – I had so much uh, better time at the last one than the first one. I think just because, you know, maybe people knew each other better and yeah. felt more comfortable with each other. And, like, the after-hours stuff were, was great. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that. I think you're right about it's, that. As much I... as – if not more than, than the, uh, the seminars during the day. Yeah, definitely. It's meeting the people that is, I, I would say, the number one highlight of the Liberty Forum, but there is so much to do, and I think you're right about that. That was one of the observations Julia and I made, was that people are just getting to know each other better, the people that have been going for the last few years, and, of course, the people that live in New Hampshire are having more and more opportunities to get to know one another, and that really uh, results in a much friendlier occasion and great socializing and wonderful brainstorming and ideas, and looking forward to seeing you uh, when you walk through here in uh, the southern or southwest part of New Hampshire, and of course, uh, maybe we'll hear from you again between now and then. Will, thanks for calling in tonight. 
Thanks, People need to go to walkforliberty.com and see this man's videos. He's always got interesting things to say, great uh, reflections and observations. Uh, even people that have been really into liberty for a long time, I think will pick up some new ideas from watching Will's videos. He's uh, guy's got a brilliant mind, and he's sharing some of his thoughts on his videos at walkforliberty.com. Hour number two is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney, finalized the contract in London, and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code, 600, to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. As we launch into hour number two of the program, it is Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We go right into your phone calls. That's the point of the program. But still to come, we've got two stories. Uh, we talked uh, we, we talked in the first hour to Will Buchanan from the Walk for Liberty about how he was harassed by the police. And the police harassment seems to be extending out from just going after the young punks to octogenarians. We've actually got two stories tonight about two octogenarian ladies, women in their 80s, that are, one of them has already been arrested by the police uh, for a a crime that doesn't involve, well, it doesn't involve violence. Whether there's a victim or not, that'll be up to you to decide. And then the other lady's being threatened with arrest. We'll tell you what all that's about coming up here if we've got a chance, but of course your calls are the priority. So we go to Shooter, calling from California. Shooter, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Mark, how you guys doing? Hey, Um, what's on on your mind? First time ever calling talk radio. Welcome aboard. I got, uh, as you guys recommend, I took a few notes, so I'm going to sound scripted. Excellent. Go ahead, sir. Um, I haven't heard much about meter maids and parking police, except for Ann's parking ticket he received in Keene, which I believe was uh, mysteriously paid off after he wrote a letter to the city about it. This is I true. Live in Hollywood, California, right off of Hollywood Boulevard. It's very dense parking around here. You need parking permits to park in this area. Mm-hmm. And even if you want, it's very tough to find a spot. What do you guys think about parking police in dense city areas like mine? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I think that uh, all property should be privately owned, and then each private property owner can decide for themselves what sort of policy they want to set for the parking spaces that they own. And so, I mean, there are private businesses that have signs up that say, hey, if you're parking here and you're not one of our customers, then you're going to be towed. And I think that's completely okay. It's just the issue of public property that I have a problem with. And and many of these uh, parking enforcement agencies, 
agencies out there are they're running the red um, or they're they're very cost inefficient. You know, it's like they the whole purpose of the fines is to pay the organization to be there to enforce. And I don't you know. I understand that we need uh, systems to, uh, to, to to handle parking. Um, well, the concern is the employees are going to park out front of the business. That's the that's the main concern. Uh, at, at least here in in Keene, and maybe the same way in in Hollywood, there are people. There's residential uh, areas above the commercial areas, so a lot of the people that might live at those uh, those apartments would want to maybe park in the street. That might be another problem. So that way, there there, there are cars in the parking spaces that would be best used by the customers but aren't in fact the customers. So I understand the motivations and I think that the marketplace can solve this problem. Well, one thing that's happening is is that uh, you can get a ticket for going downtown many of these places uh for and parking, but you can't get a ticket for parking at the mall or some plaza. Mm-hmm. So people um, are, you know, just sort of naturally inclined to go to these plazas and these malls to do their business, and businesses is being true. taken away from these uh, these businesses that that are on, you know, these uh, main streets that have parking, uh, you know, parking meters and stuff. I have to say that uh, there have been a few times here in Keene where Julia and I have Julia and I have wanted to go out for some lunch, and we've thought to, we have thought out loud, hmm, well, if we go downtown, we'll have to pay for parking. Let's find somewhere else. And so those. Downtown restaurants have missed out on our business because of, yeah, because of uh, the parking meters. Shooter? Right. Well, the only uh, reason why I think it's appropriate in my area, and I'm right next to the entertainment district, like I can throw a rock and, and hit Man's Chinese Theater from my, my roof, but um, hmm. the reason why I think it's good is because um, people who abandon their cars for too much of a long time. But um, I don't know. I'm short on cash. I just got a $50 fine. My permit fell off my mirror and it landed in my seat, you know, and they're mm. so quick. You know, you, you can only leave your car unattended or breaking the so-called rules just for a few minutes before you get hit. Yep. And um, and right now they won't give me another parking permit because I'm fighting this $50 ticket. So now i got to walk like a half mile out just to park where you, there's no permits. And you know what I think that. one of the problems is here? Do you think that would happen if the free market was taking care of parking? Right. This is That's where I wanted to go with this. And that is that in a situation where there's very limited parking... These parking meters and these rules end up coming into play. Now, Mark, where we come from down in Sarasota, Florida, there are no parking meters in downtown, but there are Sarasota, rules. Florida, uh, oh, they don't have parking meters. There's a two-hour limit. I yeah. remember having everybody was at the, yeah. at the radio station would go out every two hours to move their they car. They the tires, right? They jockey around, and it was just really just awful. But... Uh, so these rules and these regulations, they come into play because of a lack of parking. So I'm glad you brought that up, Mark, because if if all pro- property was privately owned, what you would have is growth that would be appropriately dealt with. You would have, you know, if a, if a new developer wanted to come in and build some sort of uh, – a mall, shopping mall, or, or strip of uh, of stores somewhere in a, in a heavily developed area, they would understand that in in part of their developing this, they're going to have to purchase some sort of area for parking if they want people to be able or to build get to it. Their bu- but you see, some buildings. of the problems is is a lot of these uh, these uh, towns have rules on how high your buildings can go. Yeah. So therefore, they the 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 uh, builders think to themselves, oh man, I need 13 floors to make this thing profitable, but I only have 13 floors to build. Where am I going to do the parking? Uh, you right. know, what am 
I going to do? You're screwed. Well, build 16, 17 floors, and it wouldn't be a problem. Right. So it's really the, the only reason why these, this paid parking situation exists is because of public property. So if all property were privately owned, the expansion and the growth would be managed correctly because we all know government can't manage anything correctly, and then we wouldn't even have these problems. Then there'd be all kinds of places to park. You'd have underground parking, parking garages, parking lots, whatever you, whatever the market would decide would be appropriate to get customers through the front door. The fact is when something's in demand, like parking is in Hollywood, um, there's going to be somebody out there that wants to supply that demand so that they can make some money, and that's what will happen. Yeah, absolutely. Any other thoughts for us? Um, no, thanks for taking my call, Ian. Have you heard, uh, have you kept up with the latest Megadeth CD, United Abominations? Oh, I didn't know there was a new one out. Thanks for the heads up on that. Appreciate it. I mean, it's probably a year old by now. It's just the latest. But anyway, uh, going back to the thrash roots, I recommend it. Check it out. Thank you, guys. Very good. Thanks, Shooter. Appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. So parking would be a completely different situation had the marketplace been in control of all property as of the last several decades. We wouldn't have these problems. And we will have to undo some knots that have been uh, tied, and Mm -hmm. and that's not going to make for the the most uh, easiest transitions, but... You know, that's just how that's going to have to be. All right, 800-259-9231. Was there any other, since we're on road-related issues, Mark, did you want to go anywhere with that? I know you'd had a, um, you wanted to discuss the road ownership situation a few nights ago on the program, and since we're here, it, it ties in. I just have the opinion that uh, essentially the government has to handle roads because of the imminent domain scenario, um, that you're going to... It's going to be difficult for roads. You're going to need new new roads. I understand there's right of way currently. Um, you know, there's roads down. People could expand roads. Perhaps flying cars will come into play. But flying semi trucks uh, and flying trains are a long way off. <laughs> and I think that you need uh, the 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 power and the threat of force um, in the the form of eminent domain in order to put roads down. In case somebody doesn't want to sell their property. In case a whole bunch of people, it's not that they don't want to sell their property, it's that they want to sell it for more than it's worth. I mean, you can drive... Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, Mark. Who are you to determine what that property is worth? Um, How dare you? There's a market out there. Yeah, the market is whatever the price uh, is the sale price of. So wherever the buying buying and the selling meets is the price, If I'm willing... uh, Right, sir... Jackass! I'm if I'm moving. You want to start Keene, calling me names? I'll just turn. If your I'm mic moving off. to to Keene, New Hampshire, and I need a three bedroom, two bath house in order in which to live, yeah, I that's kind of what the marketplace of a value of the value is for a three bedroom, two bath. I'm going to look around. I'm going to find the one that that I like the best. And I'm going to buy that one. Mm-hmm. However, if I'm building a road, I need that piece of property right there. That's just what you want. You don't need that piece of property. You could go around if you wanted to. Oh, that's going to so, make for some nice roads, huh? Well, hey, that's the way it's uh, the cookie's going to crumble, Mark. And that's you know, the way the cookie crumbles in your world. It's not going to well, work. Well, the fact is, you're here advocating coercion, and I think it's despicable and disgusting. You're talking about stealing people's homes from them. You're here because advocating people to... drive in circles to get where they want to go, and no, I think it's dumb. I'm advocating, sir, that you actually operate on a voluntary basis, on a consensual basis with your neighbors, and stop threatening them, and you can't let go of it. You can't let go of threatening your neighbors because you don't want to drive an extra half a mile around somebody who, uh, who doesn't want to it's sell their home. It's not one person who doesn't want to sell their property, Ian. Once somebody sees, oh, look, you know, I can get a higher price for my property, then, then roads go sky high. Yeah, well, I don't think you're quite understanding the entire picture. 
future. And I think that what you need to start thinking about is some of the other things. For instance, number one, some people might want to sell their property to have a nice, valuable road put in next to it. So uh, the, the, the property could become more valuable as a result of that. They might want to cede part of their property in order to do that. There are all kinds of market thing, uh, factors here that you aren't bringing into play, and you're not being fair. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free. So enjoy those on us. And they include the archives. If you missed a moment of the show, just click download. They're right there on the front page of the website for your downloaded convenience going back for an entire year. Uh, so enjoy all that free at freetalklive.com. And you need to know about Freedom Fest. Freekeen.com presents Keen Freedom Fest. It's happening this Sunday, October 26th from 11 a.m. till 2 p.m. So if you're in the New England area and you've been looking for an excuse to come up and meet some of the activists here in uh, Keene, this is a great opportunity for it. I, I wouldn't make too much of an effort to come if you're too far away because it could rain. <laughs> and if it rains, then the bands aren't going to play. It's not going to be as big of an event. Uh, but all that said, local organizations will be gathering at Railroad Square in Keene, New Hampshire to promote liberty. How many ways do you think there are to increase the amount of freedom you experience every day? There are more than you think. Come to the Keene Freedom Fest on this Sunday. Uh, that's the same weekend as Keene's famous Pumpkin Festival. That's the day before. So on the 25th, you could go to the Pumpkin Festival and stay in town the next day and come to Freedom Fest. You can learn how, do you ma- uh, how you can make your life and your loved one's lives more enjoyable, more productive, more rewarding, and more free. You can learn more at KeenFreedomFest.com. That's KeenFreedomFest.com. Uh, we're going to get back to your phone calls, but just a few thoughts here from our friends in the AMP-only chat room about Mark returning to his fascist roots on the road ownership issue. I thought you had progressed here, Mark. I thought that you had moved ahead, moved forward. I think and that the private companies can build roads. I don't think that they can uh, you know, secure the, the area on which to build those roads right. as, very uh, successfully. As Jason Osborne, who is actually an educated man, uh, has to say here in the chat room, if Mark had read one or two articles on auction design, his eyes might open up a little. He suffers from the, I don't possess the knowledge of all market intricacies, therefore I will use guns to get products and services that I want. If pencils were made by the government, he would say, but... We have to have government-made pencils. And I'm not proposing that the government make roads. I'm proposing that they <laughs> that steal the, the property that, in order right. to. I, I yeah. think that uh, the free market can pave those roads just fine. So as, uh, as Jason pointed out, you're just not uh, in possession of all the facts. And because you don't know everything, you're, re- you're reverting to violence. And I think it's sad, Mark. It, it kind of makes me cry on the inside. Can't you hear my voice getting a little warbly there? I, I think it's sad that you don't have any good defense for this. I mean, what do you like mean I don't have any to, good defense? The best you've got property to do is rights isn't a good defense. The fact that you own your property and you should be the the one to, alone to be able to decide whether or not to sell it. I don't have the right to travel. Uh, you have the right to cross through whatever private property ownership uh, owners want to allow you to cross through their property. Well, I, I, you know, at that point, what you're doing is boxing everyone in, man. Nobody's being boxed in, Mark. Do you think that all these various businesses around here want to box you in to keep what are you they away do? from their Give business? Helicopter service. Mark, don't you understand that there's a demand to get from point A to point B? And you just said earlier in the uh, the show tonight that when there's a demand, the marketplace responds to it. The so supply is demand, real damn low when you've got to go through my property, man. 
Mark, you don't own all the property in the world, so there are people around your property that would be more than willing to sell it, and there's a certain price at which you would sell in order to put a road through the middle of your property. If somebody came and offered you a bunch of money to put roads, uh, a road through a piece of property you weren't utilizing, you're damn right you'd take that money. How do you know what I do? I say the, you oh, said everybody's got their property, price, right? You say my piece of property is the only place you can put this road, or you're going to have to go, you know, uh, half a mile this way, me, half a mile around, half a mile back. It's going to be another three. Oh, I didn't think the, you pro- tell I think me, the Mark, price just went up. Didn't you tell me, Mark, that everybody has their price? Everybody has their All price. All right, so then you'd sell for the right price, wouldn't you? Yes. Okay, then. And it's going to be really high. Well, whatever the marketplace determines the, the right price is, is the right price. And you, as one of the property owners, are part of that uh, marketplace deciding on what that price is as are all the property owners in your near vicinity, because they'll get to bid you down. Because your next-door property owner will, might be willing to say, hey, you build that road over here a little bit further, and I'll sell it to you for half the price, or for, you know, uh, 25% less than Mark will sell it to you for. And then you've got bidding going on, and then you've got uh, prices lowering, lower than you thought they would end Without up Without the being. threat of eminent domain, I think you're going to find yourself some really expensive roads. So basically, let me see what you're saying here, Mark. You're saying that a group of men and women calling themselves government should be able to come to your piece of property and tell you, hey, we're taking this. This is the amount that we're going to give you for it. Screw you. You're screwed. All right? I'm talking about is a system that works, Ian. That system doesn't work, Mark. That's, that's outrageous. It works just that fine. That system is it's, terrible. Do you see all the roads out there, on the, uh, all the cars out on the road, Ian? I think it's to working. To suggest, Mark, that people would not be able to successfully build roads in the marketplace I'm not saying on a they voluntary, can't build consensual roads. basis is absolutely outrageous. I'm not saying they can't build roads, Ian. What are you saying? I'm saying they aren't going to have land to build it on. They're going, to have, they're going to have a difficult time going from one place to the other. So we need some fascists with guns around to go and, and threaten people uh, in order to steal their property from them. You are disgusting. I think there needs to be a certain level of governing. Yes. That's not governing, that's Mark. That's not disgusting. That's threatening. That's hurting your neighbor. And you're saying that that's okay? Despicable. Let's continue with your phone calls. As we go to uh, whatever you want to discuss, we will talk to Sam in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Sam. Hey there. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? You're on with a fascist. Yeah, well, out here in Michigan where I'm at, uh, the roads are abysmal. and um, I uh, Thank God we have government to take care of them. Well, let me put it in immensely accurate uh, perspective. Uh Somehow I discovered a website called Perma-Patch, and I don't even have a computer, okay? Uh, but uh, I called the company. The company says, check with the East Coast municipalities relative to the integrity of this uh, high-tech polymer called Perma-Patch. So I did, uh, Massachusetts, Maryland, and elsewhere. Um I don't know if I called Vermont or New Hampshire. This was like seven years ago. Well, anyway, long story short, uh, it works phenomenally well mm-hmm. uh, year-round. Uh, so I brought it to the attention of the local yokel uh, idiot morons in government, uh, and they summarily dismissed it. So in the, you brought this technology up in hopes that they would adopt it in order to maybe save themselves some money to fix the roads in a more permanent basis? Well, uh, the idea, yeah, the idea is to survey and experiment, uh, you know, put it to the test, right? See what works best, right? Because even though it might be a tad bit more expensive, and it is, mm-hmm. uh, the ultimate reality is, golly, look at here. We have maybe a 
10% failure rate at the most, uh, whereas with this other kerosene crap, we have about a 100% failure rate. It may take three or four months, but, yeah, then we have to go around and uh, fill them up again. It's amazing how fast you have to fill up those potholes. It seems like the just as soon as they put the thing, uh, put the black stuff in there, it's starting to come out. Of course, and that's, that's what you call planned obsolescence. Don't forget, and I don't think you would ever forget, but uh, government has to justify its existence, mm-hmm. okay? So what does government like to do? Oh, they like to, you know, uh, like uh, Rumsfeld said, well, we got chaos over here. Okay, Uh, we got to restore order out of this here chaos. Uh, Well, there are some rather astute investigative journalist authors, and I'll name three. Um, Robert Dreyfus, Devil's Game. uh, James Cooley, Unholy Wars, and I forget the other guy, he authored the book Rogue State. Well, one of the thing is, one of the things for sure about government is they like to protect their buddies, and whoever it is that's selling them the asphalt or doing the road work over there would not like your perma solution thing, and that's probably the number one reason why they rejected perma you. Patch at permapatch.com. Thank, thank you for the call tonight, by the way. More on the way. You can take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free, so enjoy those, including the wiki. Got over 1,800 pages created by listeners just like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com. You can edit virtually anything you see. It's like the listener editable version of our website. So, again, enjoy over at wiki dot freetalklive.com and the institute for humane studies is offering free seminars over spring break this march join other libertarians from across the country for an intense and interdisciplinary exploration of the classical liberal and libertarian thought participation is free ihs even provides housing as well as meals during the conference apply now to attend a seminar at the university of california santa cruz march 7th through the 12th or at emory university in atlanta march 14th through the 19th visit libertarian seminars.com for more information that's libertarianseminars.com for more info all right so as we continue here you can bring up anything uh, by the way jason osborne is asking if he can actually pull sponsorship from you mark and only sponsor ian on the program um like yeah, everything really ian says he get, he's going to get behind and then everything you say as long as you it's fascist just, you can just uh, back it up with uh, this is brought to you by sickle cai every time <laughs> my viewpoint you mean yeah <laughs> You know, it's it's easy to say, oh, you're using government force, and free market Jesus will come and save us all. But you know, when you until you can come up with solutions as to how these things will work, and I'm looking into this auction design thing now, but it's going to take me a while to uh, get through it. But I, you know, 
I don't know. The solution is to stop threatening your neighbors. That's the solution. Let the market decide what the solutions will end up being. That's free no, market. There's Jesus. no Jesus there, Mark. Hallelujah. The, the market. A, I don't know how the, the market, market will take care of this, the but I'm sure that hand, it will. Mark, and it does a fine job at doing everything that it does. It gets it. Jo- it gets the job done in every single area it's allowed to. When there's supply in. and demand, it absolutely does. But and when it comes to there's when demand it comes to land where where a road needs to go from point A to point B, Someone supply, supply is it. extraordinarily low. So, well, there's a price to be paid, right? Someone will pay the price, and someone will supply the land. And if it's not you, then your neighbor's going to get the deal. Someone will pay the price, the consumers. That's how it always works out, right? All right, so we continue here, and we talk to Russell in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Russell. Hello, how you doing? Hey, what's on your mind? I can't take this argument anymore. Okay, the free market principles work for the same for roads as they do for anything else, okay? Everything the free market does is always cheaper than the government does, period. Okay? Yeah, damn right. There's also a couple of podcasts on LewRock.com to talk about this. You actually go under the land or over the land because you don't. There's a principle where you actually don't own all the air above the land, so you actually go above the land. How far? Okay. I don't own the sunlight. I mean, I don't have some kind of uh, claim on sunlight coming to my property. Uh, well, you have to. Uh, there was a podcast a while back on LewRock.com that went into this. There's also a book called Turnpikes that actually goes about how the free market worked before government got into um, uh, the roads and trans- uh, transportation across the United States. Well, I haven't read the book, but... I, I'm sure um, that that's true, and I, I'll bet you in an un- unincorporated areas, very rural areas, these things will work just fine. But when you're getting into areas where you're talking about a lot more people and a lot smaller areas of land, I think it'd problems. be even easier there, Mark, because then you've got various different landowners, all of whom are willing to compete to get the road built through their property. Um, sometimes you'll have uh, you know bits of land. If you're talking about uh, very small, like city lots situations, you're gonna have to buy several. So if you've got two lots sitting next to me, but you have to have mine because well, you've already paid for those two lots, then you're really in trouble. A, yeah, but there'd be a solution that uh, you know. I mean, and the idea that you have to come up with a solution before government get rid of government. Nah, nah. That it will work out his way, okay? Now, I, I, I hear you. I, I'd love to have this kind of faith, however... He just can't put the gun down, Russell. He just can't put it down. Faith. He's addicted you, to the you violence. You don't believe in government. We know government doesn't work. It's I know the government is... No, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Okay? I think government's extraordinarily inefficient. However, you can't tell me that everything that the government does is um, less costly than what the free market would do in the case of I mean, buying every, and selling yeah, property. In every single example, it is. First of all, well, government not with resists domain. technology. Government well, resists technology. It actually lowers costs. Yep. Okay. You yep. can't go. You can't go to state. Uh, you can't go to um, people that produce the roads and say, "Hey, use this technology." They resist it. Okay. There's unions. You know? Yeah, that's what we just got a call about. The, uh, the cost, they won't get paid as much. Right, right. that's what yeah. the last caller was just pointing out, that he pro- uh, proposed a better technology to the government people, and they shot him down. So road, uh, the, the road technology level has stayed about the same for the last several decades. Who knows what sort of wonderful advancements and cost-cutting uh, uh, measures would, be, would have been invented by the people in search of profit in the marketplace. Who knows how cheap uh, building roads could be. We do know that when government puts road building out for bid, they can get it done at a third of the price. Uh, so we already know that even governments can get roads built cheaper. Uh, so it's hard to even envision how cheap it could be done in the marketplace. And of course, then there are all kinds of other options to uh, receive revenue from these roads. So well, we, we know that also that when the government takes money from roads taxes and give it back to the state, they automatically take 13% off the top. So automatically roads will be cheap, 13% cheaper, even before that. 
Well, I think that the government can pave roads significantly more cheaply than, or excuse me, that the the, the marketplace can pave roads significantly more cheaply than the government. However, it's the procurement of land that bothers me. Any other thoughts, Russell? Well, I mean, I just think that it would be solved. I mean, I don't have a solution, I mean, because we don't have a free market in, in roads. So, I mean, you know, until you get to that point, and, you know. I can feel the spirit, brother. Thank you, Russell. Appreciate it. Uh, Glad you tried calling in to talk to this jerk. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. He thinks he knows what's best and is willing to enforce it upon you at the threat of violence. That's what Mark's all about here tonight. I don't propose that. Sad. I think that that, that people have the right to travel from one place to another. No, you don't. You only have the right to go where others will allow you go, to go. If you're on private property, you only have a right to be there if I say you can be there. Well, I, I guess that you're, you're always going to be – the only right you have is to stay on the one little plot of land you were born on, huh? But that, you, you are so ignorant on this, Mark. I don't look, know why we're you talking about rights here. You're, you're like saying I don't have the, the right to go any damn where that you don't say I have the right to go. So If I, I, I own I the property, you don't have the right to come on my property unless I tell you you can. I'm not saying that, that you do, but however, Luckily, people we live need in a... to be able to move from one place yes, to the other. That's right. They do, and the marketplace – will provide for that. It's a demand, Mark. People want to get from one place to the other, so people will build roads and they'll build airplanes and they'll build all kinds of wonderful things, subways even, that will allow people to successfully accomplish those tasks they're looking to do. The idea that all of a sudden everybody would be forced to stay on their own plot of land if we had a free market, or all of a sudden no roads would be able to be built because nobody would sell their property because they're all too greedy is absolutely absurd and it ignores how the marketplace works. It ignores the reality of competition, uh, you know, the fact is, if somebody wants to build a road, someone is going to sell. It may be a high price, and that will be built into the cost of the road, and whatever ends up, you know, it'll be part of the investment uh, for whatever it costs the people that are investing. Co- it might very well be cost prohibitive, considering the uh, elimination well, of the FAA. Well, then they don't get a road, then. Then, then. then you don't get products moved from one place to the other. Then the maybe next. you should sell your darn uh, property so you can get to the store. Let's continue here. That's not how it Steve. works. It's like voting, man. Steve, um, you're it, on It's like uh, saying Toronto. you should vote a certain way so that everybody I, well, Steve, got, you're on a Toronto. Sorry to interrupt you there, Mark, yeah. but I, I didn't want to be uh, cut off. Uh, anyways, uh, are, am, I on, am I on air? You, you are. are. Okay, great. With the fascist. So I have uh, a question, um, and Mark, I'm sorry to, uh, to pose this only to Ian, but uh, I guess my question is uh, concerning uh, or, or needs to be addressed to somebody who loves liberty, liberty and right now you don't sound so much like nope. that. Sounds like a hate oh, yeah, I want, the, I want the government to handle uh, eminent domain in the, in the area of, of procurement you want to of steal. new roads. You want to steal. That's what you want to do. Go ahead, Steve. Okay, thank you. Um, so, uh, Ian, then, uh, and, and Mark, I was only half-joking there, by the way. Go but ahead. Really. Okay, so, um, Ian, uh, I, 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 I pose a hypothetical question here, and that is, if um, the Free State Project were to, were to take hold and become very successful, uh, and say 10 years down the road um, you have a completely uh, free market society in New Hampshire mm-hmm. um, uh, with, with all the free market mechanisms you want, and there's, there's Apparently we'll all be starving to death if um, what Mark says is true. Go ahead. <laughs> right. But, but if, if, okay, so if, if this is the case, and in, in this hypothetical situation, let's say that things went completely the opposite of where you wanted them to go. That is that uh, there, there was total freedom, but things chaotic and everyone was impoverished. And I, I know it <laughs> sounds extremely unlikely. It does. We're going to bring you back. You can paint the picture better here in moments. Hang on, Steve. More on the way with Steve here. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. 
Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number, 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. If you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can go to promote us at promote.freetalklive.com, and you can learn all the various different ways that you can help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations around the country and bring new Internet listeners on board. Uh, There's a variety of different methods. Most of them are completely free, a few of them very low cost. Get all the details at promote.freetalklive.com. As we continue, Steve, in Toronto. Uh, Steve, you were painting a picture for us, and you barely had time to get into it. So go ahead again with your your question. Sure. Thanks, guys. So my my question was a hypothetical. I, I... I think it almost impossible, but uh, I still wanted to pose it anyway. So let's say that 10 years down the road, uh, New Hampshire is able to secede and instill a total free market system, and for some unlikely reason, uh, it just becomes a total trash hole and riddled with disease and <laughs> Couches crime. in the yard, diseases. Right, and, and everything's just, everyone's going nuts. Brothels everywhere. Everybody's and, doing uh, heroin. Exactly, and and you know, uh, market needs aren't being met, and and let's say that continues for another ten years because you're just still so dedicated to the idea of freedom, and simultaneously, somewhere else in the country, say Idaho, um, becomes um, increasingly more authoritarian, and eventually it's completely centrally governed, and uh, however, it uh, becomes this blissful utopia, and. No disease, and everyone has enough to eat, and everyone's now, happy. Now you are talking you are, fantasy, because you are living I, in an alternate I, I universe. Know. We have I, I, we I have plenty that. of this, authoritarian this places currently that are you know you, that you can show time after time are not doing as well as uh, a more free place. Well, and yes, and the, I mean all the evidence points to the free marketplace as any 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 time anywhere the marketplace has control of something where government uh, has at one time had control over the same thing. You can see comparison, direct comparison, that the marketplace works. While the authoritarian solutions uh, just barely function, right. so I mean, you're talking about a world where everything would be turned completely upside down. Sure, for I, I, I admit that, and that's why I preface it by saying okay. an extremely unlikely, almost impossible scenario. Yes. But but there, there's a point to this question. Okay, and um, the, the final the final part of this is if it turned out the way I just uh, ira- irrationally proposed, would that change your mind about the merits of liberty? And would you then change your mind and say, you know what, I thought I was right about uh, living in free market society, but it turns out I'm wrong, and we should go authoritarian. How do you even answer a question like that? It's not based in reality. I mean, I'll, I answer the question for you. I don't aggress against my neighbors, and I will not advocate aggressing, uh, aggressing against my neighbors. I mean, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I don't, you know, all the evidence is ca- contradictory to what it is that you're suggesting. Sure. sure uh, so my viewpoint think- is is based on uh, evidence, and it's based on what's the right thing to do. And it's it's not it's not nice to go and threaten your neighbors. I, Whatever your goals. Uh, I, I'll do what works. However, I'm of the opinion... You're utilitarian. I, 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 I am utilitarian. I'd like to keep people alive, disease-free, and f- a society functioning. Well, they'll Call be alive as long as they, as long as they obey, right? Mark, now, they'll however, be alive. Otherwise, you'll shoot them. I, I'm not shooting anybody, right. man. If they don't obey you, you'll shoot them. What, what are you talking about? You'll have about? your men with guns. In, shoot in, them. If am, they I in charge? My... am I in charge? You'd li- you might like to be. Well, if no, I was in charge, you could just first punk. Hold on. All I'm saying is that I believe that the I'd rather go for a, a whole libertopia, a completely free society, and try that. Even with people being completely uneducated on liberty, I think that would go right. better than uh, some kind of giant state crackdown. 
Okay. See, I, I guess uh, that, Ian, your, your response confuses me a little. I, I was always left with the impression that the reason uh, you wanted liberty was not strictly because it's the principled way, but rather, more importantly, because it's, it's the best way for people to, to live uh, harmoniously. Well, that, that's a nice bonus, but no, the reason I like the idea of liberty is because I find it despicable when people aggress against others, and I don't like the idea. I don't like the idea of being threatened. I've never appreciated being threatened. I've never appreciated being ordered around and told what to do. Uh, that I've always been anti-authoritarian in nature ever since the, the ever since I can remember being in kindergarten. I you can used remember to this. talk about how, you know when we first did the show. You used to talk about the, the the benefits and how things would work better, and you know at some point you lost. Your marbles, and then you became entirely an ideologue. And to to say that I'd rather have uh, you know a society where people are you know disease ridden, um, but that's absurd, they're, they're, Mark. They're, you've already agreed that's absurd. Right, it's right, not it's reality. Absurd, but but uh, what I'm asking you is to accept the absurd as a hypothetical. And would you still be okay with it? No, See, I'm not I, I okay be... with forcing my neighbors to do things. No, I'm not okay with that. That's wrong. I would not want that done to me, so I will not do it to my neighbors. Now you see Makes how sense, right? you see how I can. That's ideologue. It's ideologue. Whatever. I don't yeah, care. Yeah. Mark. You see how I can take a hypothetical and I can give you an answer to it, but yeah. the the ideologue cannot. I gave well, you the damn answer, right? I no, said you yes. Did, you did. Yeah. I, you'd rather not... humanity die. Right. <laughs> ludicrous. You'd rather humanity die than something that than than somebody possibly have one of their little uh, you know the, the, their rights stepped on. See, I guess the reason I'm asking this, guys, is because I I recently thought long and hard about it. I, I used to be, I would say, an, an ideologue as well. Where to me, the the mere notion of liberty and total freedom was the single most important thing. Um, but then I thought a, a longer about it, and, and that wasn't the end goal for me. It, rather, it was the means to, to, for everyone to live a better life, I think, long term. Who are you to determine what is that better life? Uh, yeah. You may know what better, the better life is for you, but maybe for somebody else, the better life is something that's completely different from what you might envision. Short, disease-ridden, addicted. Whatever. Yeah, people want that. Um. <laughs> I'm just saying, who are you to determine, Mark? Who do you think you are? Uh, look, Steven? I just want things to function, man. I want society to progress. And that's what the free marketplace does. We see it right. every I, single I, issue, I every single I, time. I, 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 agree, I agree with that, but I think you, you can, you're able to convince more people that liberty is the way to go if you can help them logically understand that it, it generally leads, leads to less suffering overall. Right. I think that's what we do pretty well on this show every when, single night. I mean, that's When you, you talk about out. what works, then you can communicate with people. However, when you communicate from the standpoint of the most important thing in this world to me is liberty, then all they're, all they're saying is, well, there's somebody who cares about something that doesn't, isn't as important to me. That's right. fine. And, and I and think we've made the, the points on these. We've made all of these points on all of the issues over all of the years on this show. We've been all over the place from the ideological perspective to uh, the various reasons why the marketplace is superior to coercion. Right. And, and it's and quite clear. They both come hand in hand. You can't separate them. And, and I give you huge, huge credit for, for bringing up both. However, I do hear points where you'll revert back to um, some, somebody's arguing for, uh, for, more, for more status policies. And you'll say, okay, well, then you want to throw me in a jail cell. And, and that's kind of the, the be-all, end-all argument. Yeah, and it is the be-all, end-all argument because you have to understand, Steve, at one point, or as, you, as you're in a conversation with somebody and you just keep getting a sort of 
they, they just keep bringing it down to details and statistics and facts yeah. and figures. If you don't have all the statistics in front of you to uh, to compete with them on that, then all you have at that point is to go and go to the gun in the room and say, hey, that's not very nice. Why are you doing that? I mean, but that's really, not that's convince them. I think I think most people are okay with aggressing if they think it's going to lead to better results long Well, I don't know if I agree with that. I think that there are a lot of people that are very uncomfortable about the idea of supporting aggression, and I think it depends on who you're talking to. Uh, okay. If you're talking to a liberal and they want to help people get health care coverage, if, you find, if they find out that what they're actually advocating is that people get thrown in cages for not participating, then they might back away from that and they might reconsider their options. We can talk about them both. We can talk about the, uh, the details and we can talk about why the free marketplace is better, but if none of them that is working, then it makes sense to go to the moral issue. It makes sense to go there because that is the ultimate, uh, the ultimate end, in my opinion. Yes, you're right, but I've just found that more often, uh, talking to both liberals and conservatives, uh, when push comes to shove, they're just fine aggressing if it's going to bring about the ideal results that they want. And so I've found that a better strategy, uh, though I'm not always successful, of course, is trying to show them, not, not, to, not to revert back to ideology, but instead to show them how what they want to achieve, their, their end is better achieved through liberty than it is through aggressive. I absolutely aggression. agree with you. I'm 100% agreement, and that's what I've always advocated here, is find the areas where you agree with people and then show them how it is that, or the, where you agree with the end. So, you know, if you want clean water, clean, you know, clean air, uh, you show the environmentalists that they'll have cleaner water and cleaner air through the marketplace process than through coercion. However, if none of that is working, if you've shown them the statistics and you've shown them the information and you've shown them clearly how it is the marketplace works better, and they still hold on, as Mark does with uh, his Rhodes thing, and they still hold on to the violence, then you should give up on that person. If they don't want, if, if then if you show them the gun in the room and they still hold on to the violence, if they then advocate, yes, I will throw you in a cage if you don't obey me, yes, I will steal your property from you if you don't obey, then leave that person behind and move on to the next prospect. And I thank you, Steve, for the call, because the fact is, some people this are... compromising just doesn't work. To say that you could right. possibly... Let's there try are enough free, people let's in try, the world. Let's try your level of freedom and then give me the opportunity to try it someplace there else are completely enough people free. And if what we're talking about is persuading people. We understand this is a prospecting process. Be an and ideologue. There, there are enough people in the world that, will, uh, that you can just go to somebody else and talk to them. Hour three's coming up. This November, support the real libertarian. Support George Phillies for president. George wants Uncle Sam out of your wallet, bedroom, and gun locker. This November, send Henry Paulson and those congressional bailout crooks a message. Vote libertarian. In New Hampshire, vote Phillies for president. Donate at ChooseGeorge.org. That's ChooseGeorge.org. Paid for by Phillies 2008. This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch here into hour number three of the program. You bring up what you want if you dial in. And it is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Continuing with your phone calls here as we go to Gene, the Christian anarchist on the line, Ampline in Tennessee. Hello, Gene. Okay, guys. All in favor of throwing the fascists in jail for one week? To think it over, say I. Oh, I. he's been there before. It's not going to do anything. Nah, I could do that. I could do a week in the bathroom. 
Okay. Well, anyway, you you've just been sentenced by a jury of your peers, so get in the hole. <laughs> what does that mean? Um, I wanted to talk to you about um, how we could do the roads, and, of course, I've, I've discussed in the past how government does not exist. It's simply a fiction and a bunch of cult members who believe in this fiction. So what you have currently is you have a gang of cult members with guns stealing people's property in order to build their roads. Yes, and now, people like Mark support the idea. And in the alternative, what you would, what certainly would work if you didn't have this gang of cult members doing this, you would have free men owning their own property. And if one of those free men decided, you know, it would really be a good idea to have a road right through here, it, the very logical solution would be to go to each property owner and make a contingent plan. You just make a contingent plan with each one of them. I'll say, okay, I got this vision. I want to put a road through here or a subway or a train track or whatever. And what I need is for all the property owners along this line to write an agreement with me that if I can get all of them to agree, I will pay X amount of dollars for the property. And if, if one of those backs down, well, then the deal's off. Nobody makes any money. But if everybody says, you know, that sounds like a good idea, I can set up a little shop alongside the road, uh, make a little extra money that way, there'll be a lot of people going through here that I can sell things to, then each person along that road would agree to it, and at that point, it becomes a deal. But until that point, it doesn't become a deal. Now, if this particular path doesn't meet resistance and one of those uh, people doesn't want to sell their property – Fine, you find another path. Eventually, you will find the path that will be agreeable to everybody, and in will go your road. It's very simple, and you can I either agree. make it a toll road or you can make it a free road. You know, I, Gene, I, I think that, that it sounds like a really good plan, and it sounds like the way to go about it. Um, I, I, I'm for that. However, um, there's a story that I've been told, and I... You know, um, let me vaguely brush across it, and don't don't assume that any of this is fact, okay? Because I I I can't tell you many facts as far as this story goes. But it was about a condominium that was built on uh, Siesta Key in in Sarasota, Florida, and you know, 500 people or something like that owned in this condominium, and um, but they never built the condominium, so these people bought in on spec, and essentially they owned a piece of land one could build a condominium on, uh, but they they owned you know 500 500 different people owned a you know, a, a share, and they couldn't even sell the land at the height of the real estate bubble for some incredible profit because, well, you know, the, they had to have a hundred percent agreement to do things because that's how this was set up, and the, you know, they they couldn't reach the heirs of people, and and like it was just impossible to do anything with this piece of land, and supposedly it's it, I don't know, it's a jungle with monkeys screaming, I don't know where where you know what was going on with it, but uh, they couldn't do anything with the land simply because. It was too difficult to uh, deal with that many people. And if you've set up, ever tried to set up appointments to get three people on the telephone at once or four people or something like that, it can be very difficult to set up, set appointments with more than one person. So I can, I can imagine how difficult it is to, with 500 people to get some kind of agreement. Well, in your proposal, you write out the details, and they don't need to be uh, a great deal of details. They don't need to be 25,000 pages like the government writes out. You could probably write your proposal out in about three or four pages that says, you know, we're going to build a road here. It's going to be this wide. It's going to be made out of this kind of pavement. It's going to, uh, you know, it'll. you specify what the road is. 
Then you specify what the property owners each have to agree to. You know, they have to agree to allow me to run through there with my construction machinery and build my road. And they have to deed the property to me for X amount of dollars per acre. And then at that point, they either agree or they don't. And if one person backs out, I don't have to pay any money. And if, if all the people agree to it, then I simply purchase the land from them. And then building the road is my responsibility. At that point, they've sold their land. Right, you don't have whether 500 road, people weighing in on the details of actually building right. the road. Whether, whether the road goes in or not is really no longer in their hands. It's in my hands because I purchased the land with the intention to build that road. Now maybe something happens and, I, uh, you know, I die or something. I can't, I can't build the road. Well, then somebody else, maybe my heirs, will sell that land to somebody who can build a road Maybe it'll just maybe it'll just all go away. Maybe nobody will ever build a road on there. That's life. That's the way things happen. People with vision will make things happen, and people that don't have vision will sit back and watch. So true. Any other thoughts, Gene? I can see some value to what you're saying, Gene. Well, thank you. Now, <laughs> stop being a fascist. <laughs> Thanks, Gene. Screw Ian. Oh, I love that guy. Let's continue here. Talk to Andy in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Andy. Hey. Oh, hey. You're on you the there? Air? Yes, sir. Are you right there? On. Oh, yeah. Um, I was going to talk about uh, stupid law, but um, I was listening on hold to uh, Steve in Canada, was he? Yes. And uh, the reason that the Idaho part of the example can never work, in my view, is because authority, by its very nature... It has, it has three things going against it. One, it's arbitrary because, you know, whatever rules are made up at one point are, you know, relevant in that period of time for that group of people. But then, you know, I mean, we've seen examples of old laws that are just stupid. Yeah, things change. Right. So rules um, that they make aren't logical and they're not market-driven. They're just arbitrary. And so, it's, therefore, they're... It's capricious. Yeah. Um. People who are law enforcement can enforce whatever law they want on whoever they want, but also they cannot enforce them, and it's it's totally up to their discretion. So they can punish their friends or punish their enemies and reward their friends. And uh, the third thing is is what Mark had alluded to a moment ago. Authority doesn't produce. So if you have a state full of authoritarians. Uh, Put a, pushing their their will on the people, not only are they profiting by it, because likely if it is not, they'll have to be paid in some way, but they're, in return for being paid, they're not going to produce anything. Right. What you're referring to, just for our listeners that might be tuning in this hour, is a call we got last hour from Steve uh, in Toronto proposing that, well, what if in this uh, you know unrealistic fantasy world that he was proposing that uh, the free marketplace resulted in disease, death, corruption, all kinds of chaos, and uh, just hell on earth, and that everything could have been great if we just allowed some authoritarian master to take control and centrally plan everything. And, of course, it's ludicrous. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't apply to reality because we've seen example after example of how the free market does things better, but the purpose of him asking that question was not to suggest that that could have, have even been possible, but to sort of nail me down as an ideologue and get me to answer a question about what my motivations were in this whole liberty thing. Well, you know what? I'd rather be an ideologue than a tyrant. Thank you. I agree with you. Any other thoughts? Um, yeah, I can tie this into the thought that I had originally called about, and that's the one silly law that, that 
causes as many problems as it solves, and that's the speed limit law. Mm. Now, say I'm driving along a road at, at 70 miles an hour. That's the speed limit. And uh, I'm driving along, and I'm fine, and I could go 80 or 90 or even 100 because there's nobody around. It's a big, wide interstate or whatever. But you can't do that most times. Sometimes you can because the cop's either lazy or it's raining mm-hmm. or, or whatever. But then other times, if, if it isn't like the way you look and you're going 72, you're going to get pulled over and you're going to get fined and you're going to get harassed and da 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 yep. But what happens to these same people when the road is terrible, the speed limit is 70, but it's foggy, it's snowy, there's ice on the road, and... I'm driving 50 miles per hour because I'm not a moron, and I realize that the road is not as good to pass as it would be normally. But yet, here comes Joey, Joey Bag of Donuts, and he's going 100, but he's going 70 miles an hour because, by God, that sign says 70, and he's <laughs> going to go 70. Yeah, well. And that's the double edged sword of law. No doubt about it. And they, you're absolutely right. I'm glad you called, and I thank you for the call tonight. More on the way. You, you can bring up whatever you want. The toll free number is 800 259 9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything, just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. The features include the updates. You get signed up. We will keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. So go to updates.freetalklive.com. Dot com. Get on the list for free. Get the inside scoop on football betting from Ted Murray and find out about rape defense from self-defense expert Kimber Johnson at paladinpodcast.com. Paladinpodcast.com is a service of Paladin Press where you can browse over 900 books and DVDs on topics such as personal and financial freedom, Second Amendment issues, self-defense, and more. Remember, it's paladinpodcast.com. 800-259-9231. We continue with your calls and talk to Liberty Pyle, listening in Oregon. Hello, Mr. Pyle. Uh, hey, guys. How you doing? Hey. Uh, I wanted to uh, comment briefly about uh, the debate you guys have been having today and also on Friday's show about, well, you know, is is the argument for morality or the argument for effect better? And uh, I, I'm just shocked at Mark's uh, refusal to, to see this issue as a moral issue. I mean... Basically, oh, I, wait a minute. I think before you go on, I think Mark can see it as a moral issue. He just doesn't care because he has no morals. Look, that's even that's even worse. No, no. Opinion. You see, that's not it at all. The question is: is would I forcibly hold you down and clip your fingernail, or let you walk freely out into the, the you know let let you walk freely out into the street and kill everyone? That's the question. I mean, it's just a small, small amount of tyranny in your life in order to keep things from going bat crap crazy man that's all the system she won't work that's the point you've got a system here that you're advocating that simply will not not advocating a system i'm advocating freedom yeah go ahead with your thoughts pile um it's it's not about uh, a little tiny bit of tyranny it's about what happens when that mindset sinks in and the state continues to grow there's no it is dangerous it absolutely no, is. There's uh, no part of history where a government started huge and went down to small. It's always started small and gets enormous. And yep. this is the problem with getting back to this or that style of government is eventually the clock's going to keep rolling 
and eventually we're going to end up in the same position that you have. So you have to take the moral issue and you have well, to say, look. When you're, when you're looking at history, before, no, no, now you're going and, and uh, so I have to jump in. When you're looking at history, okay. you're, you're going to have to look at the history of republics and, and uh, you know, self-rule amongst people because looking at the history of kings and tyrants and stuff like that really doesn't help much. So it's then you have to – What's that? Look at the history of this country. I mean, right, they, you've got you one. Go. You, you, right, it was a smaller government, and now it's grown to a larger one. And I would agree the that largest in the history of the world. Yep, yeah, it's the largest in the history of the world, no doubt. Um, I would agree that we we need to uh, create a constitution with some teeth. <laughs> look, look, man, well, you've tried you, twice. I mean, What's how that? much? How much more teeth do you want? I mean, the greatest experiment any. in liberty ever was no, a complete I want any failure. Teeth. The Constitution has no failure. teeth. Is there a punishment for anything besides treason in the Constitution? Yeah, but you're, you're giving that punishment in the same people who are going to commit the tyrannous Oh, act. but don't you understand, Liberty Pile? We'll just elect the right people, all of Mark's well, friends, and oh, they'll be able to I do it right. I advocate secession, right and I think that smaller's, um, you know, that the states themselves should secede from the Union, and I think that they... But you still are going to have positions of power in which people yep. who are seeking power are going to go for it, but you're saying that it can be done right if you just elect the right people, right, Mark? Is that your position? <laughs> uh, no, I'm, not, I'm proposing that you give uh, people very, very little power in order to you know but that power them. is always going to grow always always it, people that are attracted to power are going to seek that what you're basically saying is that we need to change people we need to get the right people in there to uphold these laws but if that's the case and you change these minds of people then there's there's going to be what do you need the tyranny for where do you need the the force if people's minds have already been changed completely then there's no there's no sense in erecting an apparatus that is going to use the gun to inflict its will on people. I mean, it just makes no sense at all. Sure, that. sure. If you if you can set up a situation, if you can set up a scenario where you've ch uh, changed everyone's mind uh, to the point that they understand freedom, man, I don't think you'll need a government. Well, yeah, and I'm not saying that that's going to happen overnight. Or it's not going to happen. Period. You can elect this guy and that, but. You have to take the moral argument. And that's have you, the can you, can you show me historically any group of people that have all thought the same about anything? Uh, most uh, religious sects and... Uh well, uh, now you're grouping them groups. into the, the, the group themselves, but I mean, a geographic area, I guess. Uh geographic area you mean like a country or a continent or something like that? You're proposing here that uh, that, that we have one free little country, right? No, no. I'm, I mean, it, it just it, the whole it world? Just depends on how you treat other people and how you conduct yourself and how you, you interact with the people around you. I mean, if you are someone who takes a non-aggression principle seriously, as I do, then you're going to live that philosophy in, in your life, and you're going to affect the change around you. I mean, I think you're right. Uh, you're going to rub off. I mean, you're going to show yeah, you're people going to that... Rub off. You don't, you don't, I mean, libertarians do this all the time. We have these statistics and these arguments and, oh, read Mises or read Rothbard and all this stuff. And this stuff has been going on for 300 years. The argument of effect does not work at all, and it hasn't worked. And uh, you just, you got to take the moral ground. you got to say, look, don't point a gun in my face. And if you do, then I have nothing to do with you. And I'm going to continue to live my own life with my own liberty and my own relationships and being an example to other people. Although I'm with Mark. I agree with Mark in that I don't think it's possible that everybody can come to these conclusions, which is why I advocated that Steve earlier just move on to a new prospect. However, I do think the ideas are infectious, and they can spread, and they can become popularized. And that's what's important, is that is that we do live our lives by our principles that we're talking about, if we have our principles, as you and I do, apparently, Liberty Pile. Uh, so we live yeah. our lives by our principles, set a good example for people, and at the same time, continue 
continue to persuade them on board with the uh, you know the liberty message, and then eventually it'll become popular enough to where it really won't matter what the few fascists that are remaining like Mark have to say anymore. Look, man, because I'll be, be the first one in the freaking parade, dude. You show me this crap works. You give me one working example. I'm I'm there. Pile, I think it's a great idea. I think you should act um, act according to what you've said. That that you have a good system for spreading liberty, and I I wouldn't want to get in the way of that at all. I mean, look, th- this this is your argument essentially. Is like if you are living when slavery was popular, and you say, oh, we can't get rid of slavery. Show me one country that doesn't have slavery, and then I'll I'll, I'll abolish it. You gotta you gotta take the moral high ground and say, look, this is always wrong, no matter what. Even if it's not popular, even if other people are still doing it. Or else you're never going to change. I mean, ideas change the world, not uh, you know, not examples and statistics. Well, I agree with you. Ideas are very, very powerful, but ideas backed with action are even better, and that's what we're talking about doing here in New Hampshire is getting more people together to live their principles instead of just talking about it and sitting around in a libertarian meeting and just debating, which is what libertarian, liberty-minded people have been doing forever. Uh, and actually, what we do on this show. We're actually applying it here in New Hampshire. And are you a Free State Project member? I, I am not, but oh. uh, I've, I've been to New Hampshire, and uh, I've, I've been thinking about it. I'm just not sure yet. What's it going to uh, take? What, what's your objection? What's it going to take? I just don't know if uh, the Free State Project as a as a group and the activities that they do is, is really that helpful. I mean, it seems like uh, – Well, what would you like to see? So is – of the Free State Project members are the political types. And well, I, that's I changing, though. What we've seen, I know, and I understand where you're coming from, Mr. Pyle, and I thank you for the call. I would point out, however, that uh, many of the Free Staters who are or were of the political persuasion have begun coming on board, albeit slowly, with the sort of out-of-the-system market-based activism stuff. Uh, but the vice chair of the Libertarian Party, Baron Swearingen, former, uh, the, the former president of the Free State Project, is, is getting real friendly toward the outside-the-system stuff. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are totally free. So enjoy those, including live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show, dial-up version, as well as a webcam version. Uh, and, of course, a big thanks to stickam.com for featuring Free Talk Live on their front page sometimes. Not all the time, but a lot of the time when we're on the air, they put us up on their front page, which is nice. It brings a lot of new people to the program. You can see and listen, it, uh, listen to it all over at listen.freetalklive.com. Again, listen.freetalklive.com. And if you're remodeling your kitchen or bathroom, you need to know about innerknobs.com. You can purchase knobs and poles at wholesale prices, as well as support a business that supports Free Talk Live. Innerknobs.com. Save 10% on your order if you use the code FTL at uh, the checkout. That's innerknobs.com. I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. Friendly service and wholesale prices for knobs and pulls at innerknobs.com. So uh, just, to, just to continue, before we continue with the phone calls here, we had Liberty Pyle on the line a moment ago. And normally when we ask somebody, we're talking about the Free State Project, and uh, he said he was thinking about joining, but wasn't really sure. Normally when we ask people what their objection is, it's usually one of two things. Uh, it's usually, or one of three things. Usually it's cold. Uh, which is pretty easy to overcome because we're both from Florida, so it's 
hey, wait a minute, yeah. we were born in Florida. I you don't want to hear your there. belly aching. Right. <laughs> uh, so that one's easy. However, I would I would say that some people are more cold susceptible than others. I'm pretty susceptible to cold, I would say. I mean, I get cold if it's 70 degrees in this room and I have to keep touching my hands to other parts of my body to, to warm them up. Um, so I, I would say I get cold pretty easily. But even that Thanks said, for that mental picture. I have, uh, I, I have adjusted. I have noticed that I can tolerate cold better now than I could in the past. Same here. And so the cold, no big deal. But the other two objections, a little trickier. Job, well, New Hampshire's got the best economy in the Northeast, so it's possible to find three, work here. Three towns in New Hampshire were just named last week as recession-proof. That's exaggerating a little bit. That was how the, U, the union leader put it, I believe. But I think the actual point of the article was to say they were in, better insulated from a recession. So not necessarily So the difference between water-resistant and waterproof? Yeah, basically. So they're recession-resistant? There you go. Fine. Yeah. Better off than wherever, wherever the hell you are. Yeah, in the top ten of all of the, the towns in all of America, right? Three yeah. in New Hampshire. Right. Three, of, three New Hampshire cities were mentioned in the top ten of all of the country. And those three, by the way, were Concord... Keen, our very own Keen, which I was very pleased with, and Lebanon. Lebanon was the number one most uh, recession-resistant town in America, and I can see why. Uh, Lebanon is, it, it's kind of like Keene in that it's got a lot of business going on, but it's more free because in Lebanon there's not as much, uh, I think, they like they want business to come to Lebanon, unlike Keene, which wants to keep some businesses out. Uh, that's kind of the impression that I've gotten with you. between the two. And so Keene could be better if we just get rid of this pesky planning board and these zoning thugs that are around here preventing things like four-story hotels from being built. We can't have these towering masses blocking. Blocking out sunlight. This is the kind of attitude that they uh, they take around here. So there are a lot of changes that can be made. And going back to what Liberty Pyle was suggesting, he was saying that well, one of the reasons why he he's not too uh, he's not too hot on the idea of coming to New Hampshire is because of all the political activists that are here. Because he's apparently one of the uh, the market based outside the system activists. And I pointed out, well, you know, we are seeing a conversion process where many of the people in the political realm are getting burnt out. You know, they're working really hard in politics, and some of them are just saying, well, wait a minute, this is so much effort, it's so much work. We're seeing all, we're putting all this effort, time, and money in, and yet Dave Ridley goes and does one instance of civil disobedience and actually gets change to happen as a result. So they're seeing that and some of them are coming on board. So I think you'll see a conversion process there. But beyond that, the other thing I wanted to point out to people like uh, Liberty Pile is that there are two really good, three really good places uh, for people of his mindset to move in New Hampshire. Yes, he's right. The bulk of the people in the Free State Project are inside the system political activists. But that's how, that's what the bulk of all activism is around the country. Most people are political activists. So, of course, you're going to come across that. Uh, I would recommend that if you're interested in outside-the-system market-based activism, you move to either Grafton, Keene, or Manchester. Those seem to be the three kind of uh, converging grounds for those types of movers. Keene is definitely an enclave of market-based activism, sort of the, the, the helm of the, uh, the ship, if you were. Grafton, there's, a lot of, there's, a, there's both going on. There are people in the political system there, and there are outside-the-system folks sort of converging on Grafton, a very small-town situation. So if you're looking for a small town, very, very small, Grafton is the way to go. I don't know if you can even count it as a town. There's a, like a gas station. Like the lack of a town. Yeah. Uh, so if that's what you're looking for, you want to go to Grafton. If you're looking for a big city, then you want to go Manchester. That's the most populated place in uh, in New Hampshire. 
And yes, there are political activists in Manchester, but there's a great group of market-based activists there as well. And of course, Keene is sort of the, 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 the between zone, I guess. It's not as big as Manchester, certainly not small like, like Grafton, and it is sort of an enclave for market-based activists. So if that's the kind of activism you're looking for, you'll find it here in New Hampshire. Trust me. In, in, in spades. In Keene, um, I, I think that people that would consider themselves to be uh, political activists would consider... The, uh, They'd be lonely. Yeah, they're lonely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that's the that's the direction sort of that that's comfortable to me, and there's not many people to talk to about that. So I yeah. end up hanging out with the uh, you know social people like us. people. Yeah. <laughs> so so you can go to freekeen.com to learn more about some of the stuff that's going on here. I just want to encourage uh, people in Liberty Pile's position. You're going to find a lot of people that are like you here, far more than I think you're going to encounter wherever it is you currently are. And if I'm wrong about that, if you've got some other enclave of market-based activists that I don't know about, would love to hear about all the things you're doing. Oh, wait. You're probably not. So uh, my advice to Mr. Pyle is to uh, come to Keene. Check it out. Yeah, absolutely. All right, 800-259-9231. We go on screen to the amp line. Who's this? Alex from New Jersey. Oh, sorry, Alex. I actually did screen it. I just didn't write it down. <laughs> What's on your mind tonight? Okay, Mark, you said that you didn't know of any working example of a country without a government, right? Right. Okay. Now, I'm on LouRockwell.com, all right, and Mm -hmm. there is an article. They say, in Somalia, the very absence of a government may have helped nurture an African oddity, a lean and efficient business sector that does not feed at a public through controlled by corrupt officials. That's that was in uh, the 2001 issue of the Atlantic Monthly. What had happened was the UN tried to do a mission in Somalia to try and help the Somalians out, and um, there was all this fighting and poverty. And the UN said, "Oh, we don't care anymore." So they folded up their tents and they went home. Now, they left them without a government to do whatever they wanted. And without a government, Internet cafes began to sprout in Mojadashu, which which just a decade earlier had been the scene of astonishing bloodshed. So without the instruments of state coercion to misdirect investments and suppress initiatives, Private business, private business sprang up like blades of gl- blades of grass, suddenly freed from an oppressive overgrowth of weeds. I think that Somalia is a a great example of how, uh, you know, reducing regulation on business can really help, uh, you know, business to thrive and that people can be provided with the best services, you know, in in, in a marketplace where uh, restrictions are reduced. It's not really a shining city on the hill, however, unfortunately, because it's And to say that it doesn't have a government, um, it would be... That's not really true. Yeah, that that would be inaccurate because a government, if you're defining a government as a gang of men and women who are willing to use force to get what they want... Somalia's got it in spades. Well, and the UN, I don't believe, has given up. There have been more recent articles. There was one in 2006. And if you Google around and, and look for more liberty-oriented articles about Somalia, you'll find you'll find some very interesting things. I mean, no no doubt about it. You can look and you can see where things However, have gotten a lot better. And you you just have to remember, people have to remember when they're looking at Somalia. Somalia started from an s hole. You know, it started right, and it's as surrounded a, by s holes. Right. It started <laughs> as a total third world uh, place, and then the then it was. Violent 
violence that that let that set it free essentially which is of course something we're not advocating we're advocating peaceful evolution instead of a violent change and so i think what we'll see happen here is something even more wonderful and and even better um so somalia is not something perfect to point to but there are some instructive things there alex right uh, what happened was Ethiopia invaded Somalia, and then everything went back to that uh, hole that it was. Well, it hasn't gone. What it, with government. Well, it hasn't gone back completely. There's still some really good things happening there, and, and there really isn't an official government yet. But the UN still is insisting on attempting to set one up. You know, because that's what's good for people. Well, it's what's good for the UN and governments around the world. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Talk live, and you can take control of the airwaves even in these remaining moments. Just enough time for your call at 1-800-259-9231, the Sakel CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, please visit amazon.freetalklive.com and get all your shopping done there. They've got over 41 categories in which to shop, free super saver shipping on a whole bunch of items and you get the brands you trust at the prices that are pretty darn good. Head over to Amazon.freetalklive.com and buy whatever you need. In fact, they even sell used items at Amazon. So if you need to save a few bucks beyond just buying new, because they're pretty good prices on new items, but if you need to save even more, just buy used. And uh, we'll still get a percentage if you enter through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This spring break, the Institute for Humane Studies is, uh, is having these seminars uh, held at both the University of Santa Cruz and at Emory University. Ian, do you know where Emory University is? Georgia. Is it? Okay. Doesn't it say it right there? Uh, it doesn't. Uh, okay. oh, I guess it does. It does. Um, in, in, in a little later down in the copy. Anyway, um, there's meals, housing, the cost of participation. It's all covered by the Institute Institute for Humane Studies. All you got to do, I guess, is get there. Uh, the deadline to apply for early acceptance is November the 15th. I would encourage you to uh, do something productive with your spring break. Don't go out yeah. there drinking and spending all that money. Go. Oh, you can probably drink at night at the seminar. Oh, I'm sure that there's going to yeah. be plenty of that, too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Just don't anyway. drink all the time. Go do something productive and then drink. It, it, it's going to be more fun than yeah. uh, you, I mean, you're going to you're gonna be able to hang out with uh, libertarians, people that you agree with, rather than drunks. Uh, some of the past uh, seminars included: Does Walmart reduce social capital? Classic libertarianism and women's rights movement. The government and morality. Public choice and education. All right, let's continue here uh, with your phone calls about what you want. It is Paula. You are on Free Talk Live. Paula in Florida. Hi, hon. I've been listening to what you've been talking about. Yes. I had some questions. You're okay. talking about the Free State Project. Mm-hmm. What happens when the North American Union takes place? Oh, hopefully we've seceded by that point. We won't be part of that. Or at least uh, maybe when they try the North American Union, we could secede then. Hey, yeah, yeah, that'll work. Whatever. Yeah, and then they were talking about you know putting new people in there. Well, all of them are being controlled. Yep. Matter of fact, there was a representative that came and came around TV and said, "There's no point in even being there." I said, "You just sit there on your butt." And said, "You're being controlled." Well, I think that uh, politicians are controlled by their greed for for more power and more money, and I I, I think that that's all we're going to get, um, you know, with a centralized government. I think they're going to sneak the North American Union in us little by little, and yeah. uh, you know, just sort of insidiously to the point that we don't even know what's happening until the water's boiling. Hmm. Yeah, yeah it'll so- be tricky. So you think, like, I think they said three states have already seceded, I believe. What? Seceded away yeah. from where? Yeah, or they're talking about it right now. Oh, there's, no, 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 Paula, Paula, hold on. We I need know, to, we need to clarify something. They were, they were talking about it. 
Yeah, nobody. Had, I don't think anybody at a, uh, a state governmental level has been talking about this. There are yeah, people. So, yeah, there's some people that have been talking about it. Yeah. Oh, there are people that are talking about it, but that yeah. doesn't mean that the state government people are talking about it. There's going to be a secessionist conference actually here in New Hampshire coming up in mid uh, November, and both Mark and I are going to be attending. That'll be fun. We'll report back to you what we learn. It's learned. the third. There's that three number coming up again. What, what, what now? Paul had mentioned Oh, the third three. conference. Gotcha. So, yeah, yeah. There, there are people who would like to secede in various different places. There's a secessionist movement in Oregon. There's a secessionist movement in New Hampshire, in Vermont, yeah, in Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, so they're in Texas as well. They're all over the place. It's, yeah. it's, uh, I, I hope one of them gets a foothold and actually makes something happen because I think if, if one, uh, one state successfully secedes, and yes, I am talking on a state governmental level, if that successfully happens, then it will, I think it'll encourage others to follow suit. And I think oh, yeah. that'll be one of the best things that could possibly happen for freedom yeah. in our lifetime. Yeah, that's true. I think that's true. But anyway, I just, you know, I mean, see, we have a group of people that are, that are controlling everything. You know, and like I've talked to Lindsey Williams, and he said, there's no stopping them. Well, you know? you know, if that's the case, why don't you just go ahead and shoot yourself? No. <laughs> These people, this is ludicrous. These people would like to control everything, Paula. We still have a little freedom, and, you know, that's that's what we've got to, we've got to fight against. Well, what the, the conspiracy theorist would point out. You're uh, supposing that she's talking about conspiracy theorists. She could be talking about politicians. They'd like to control everything, would they not? Yes, but they Don't also understand that here. they also understand, and I will go ahead and play the role because it, it's a good point. Uh, they also understand that you have to allow the slaves to be to 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 have some modicum of freedom, so they don't actually end up believing that they're slaves. Well, what about this thing that they have places already built of where they're all going to, you know, kill nine percent of us off? Yeah, that's now we're now we're getting to the fringe. Uh, yeah, you're conspiracy. pushing it for me now too, Paula. Uh, it's it's an interesting theory. Yes, there may very well be some detention camps that uh, that have been built, and we do know that KBR, one of the subsidiaries of Halliburton, I think they actually broke off from Halliburton, but anyway, one of the well government government connected companies, KBR, does have a multi hundred like I think it was like a three hundred eighty million dollar contract to build detention centers uh, if the government decides they need them for whatever reason. So for immigration. They're building them right now. They may very well be. It's certainly a possibility. There's one down in the Dominican Republic. They said they could kill off three million people in one day. I'm not sure that you know. My problem there is what I don't understand is if they want to eliminate all that population, there are much easier ways to do it than bringing people to camps and offing them. I mean, you could just drop a nuclear weapon or something. I mean, uh, I've even tried to you know tell the reps, hey, cut the money off, don't let them build it, you know, get rid of them. Plus, the other problem there is I understand that what these people are suggesting, the fringers are suggesting, though, they want to wipe out 90% of the population so they can have more control. Well, they've got plenty of control right now, and they have a lot of power over the existing population, and it's good to have that population there because they do things like, you know, the menial tasks that the elites don't want to have to, uh, to have done, you know, have to do close to them. They, the, the population that they supposedly want to kill off or the population that's canning food and putting things on tables and, and you know, and providing power and services and not to mention travel roads. i mean if, if you're rich one of the main things that rich people do is travel you're not going to have all these nice beaches in the mediterranean or uh you know go go to rio de janeiro and 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 climb the himalayas if there's not enough people in the world you just can't do it and i i think that it's it's it sounds to me conspiratorial right. you want to have those potty. people around so you can extract if you're somebody who's in power you want the population to be large so you can so extract you can exploit, wealth from them exploit the crap out of them right right so yeah, you can Keep them stupid. stupid. Yeah. You want to keep them dumbed down and and ignorant, so you can yeah. extract money from them year after year. If you if you destroy ninety percent of your uh, your income, what's the point of that? 
Exactly. I mean, this is just totally crazy. It is crazy. Thank you, yeah. Paula. That's the okay. first time I've heard you say that. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. 800-259-9231. She's being very agreeable with us. Well, she, she's, she's a nice she, lady. She knows truth when she hears it. She's going to fax <laughs> yeah. out, uh, let everyone know. Yeah, so, yeah, there are people out there that believe that the power elite are planning to destroy 80% of the world's population with genetically engineered nanotechnology that will go and, or, you know, it's either, it's either they're going to engineer a virus or they're going to round people up and put them into death camps or whatever. And they suggest that the reason is because they don't want money, they've got plenty of money, which is true, that they want power. But you can still get more power with the indoctrination system that they have today. Just keep people stupid and keep it so they don't ask questions. There's no short supply of power in the world. I yeah. mean, they've got plenty of it. I, right. <laughs> it just... Yeah, it's, it seems completely absurd. Anyway, all that said, uh, unfortunate news coming out of New Hampshire. By the way, we didn't get a chance to get to the octogenarian stories. I'm holding on to it. In fact, one of these octogenarian ladies that's being threatened with arrest over – I'll give you a tease – this woman is being threatened with arrest because of a modification that was done to her home before she purchased it three decades ago. She bought a house 30 years ago. The garage had been tr- uh, changed into a bedroom. Uh-huh. Now, in 2008, the city of Los or of, uh, like Quinta has decided they have a problem with the addition. And she's been given two weeks to make it back into a garage or else she is going to be fined or put in a jail cell. Screw them. And she's 83 years old. And she's saying, screw them. I've got in touch with uh, with one of her family members. We have her scheduled to come on this program uh, at the top of the show on Wednesday night. So we are going to be talking to uh, this wonderful, courageous uh, old lady. Her name is Agueda, Agueda rather, Car- Carmargo. Uh, Camargo, come, damn it, Camargo. Anyway, she is a very brave, courageous old lady, and she is standing her ground on this issue. So we're going to bring her on the air. Dangerous, you know, to talk yeah. about uh, upcoming guests and when they're going to be I on. I know, but she's so so exciting to me because I can I feel like I can relate. I mean, I am also under a threat of violence from the code enforcement. Agita has a heck of a lot better st- <laughs> uh, leg to stand on than you do. Yeah, well, sh- yes, she does, and she's older, and so it, it's even worse when they put an old lady in a jail cell. But there is another old lady who has been thrown in a jail cell and we'll tell you about her uh also here coming up within the next several days also other news uh out of our very own new hampshire lauren canario one of our friends up here who has been a super activist in the realm of non-cooperation and civil disobedience is going allegedly back to court uh it sounds like she's considering going back to court they're demanding that she go she may or may not show because that's just how lauren is she'll do what she wants yes she will um But this time, they're trying to get her for disorderly conduct and blocking the entrance of the federal building. So the feds are after Lauren Canario again. They want her back in their court, and we're going to give them, if she goes, I'm sure we're going to give them a lot of company. A lot of uh, free staters, liberty activists here in New Hampshire are going to be turning out uh, to support Lauren. And we'll give you more information as that develops. It's happening coming up in the first week or so. I can actually... November 10th. More details to come on Free Talk Live. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 